Get Sleepy is a production of Slumber Studios and is made possible thanks to the generous support of our sponsors and premium members. If you'd like to listen ad-free and access weekly bonus episodes, extra long stories, and our entire back catalogue, you can try out Premium free for seven days by following the link in the episode notes. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Thomas. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tonight, we'll travel back in time to a small village in rural Ireland. It's early February, and a teenage girl is getting ready for her village's celebration of light. As she prepares the rituals, we're encouraged to appreciate the changing of the seasons and the imminent return of spring. It was written by Frankie, and I'll be reading it to you. We'd love to have your support on Get Sleepy Premium, the very best way to listen to the show. Get Sleepy Premium features over 650 full-length episodes. Everything is completely ad-free, so you can drift off without interruption, and there are loads of extra-long episodes to keep you company throughout the night. And there's more. Every single Thursday, we release a brand new exclusive bonus episode. Tomorrow, Heather will be reading us an original fairy tale about a royal family and one of their most beloved traditions. Don't forget, the first seven days of your premium subscription are free, and you can cancel any time. For more information on all of our plans, visit getsleepy.com support, or just follow the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for supporting what we do. Let's prepare for a good night's sleep by settling into the comfort of the here and now. I hope you're cozy and warm in your bed. If you're ready to do so, join me for a few deep breaths. Breathing in through your nose for one, two, three, four, five, and then gently exhale for seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Breathe in fully again, holding at the top, and then exhale for seven, six, five, four, Three, two, one. One more intentional deep breath, counting on your own time now. And once you've let all the air ease back out, just bring your breath into a rhythm that feels natural 
and relaxing. Tonight's story is centered on cultural Celtic traditions, but it's also a wonderful depiction of community and companionship with neighbors and loved ones. It can, perhaps, act as a reminder to all of us that even in the busy, sometimes frantic nature of the modern world, we're still capable of positively impacting one another's lives within our communities and aiming to simply be a source of positivity in whatever capacity we can manage to do so is a really meaningful way to approach our daily lives. Acts of kindness can come in many forms, and it can be as simple as a kind smile or a friendly hello to your neighbors. You never know how much a small moment of warm acknowledgement could mean to someone, and offering out this warmth and kindness helps us to feel a greater sense of community for ourselves too. You can be the force of positivity wherever you are in the world. I know how kind and appreciative you all are, our lovely Get Sleepy listeners. And I know that we're all doing our best to spread warmth and positivity. So, I hope that my words are a gentle reminder that it's appreciated and that you should keep going. I wish you all a peaceful night of rejuvenating rest. And I encourage you to keep being your kind self because it makes a positive impact on the world. And now, as you rest comfortably in bed, begin to imagine the emerald green rolling hills of Ireland many years ago. It's a crisp winter morning, and the wind is fresh and clean. This is where our story begins. Bree awoke on a cold midwinter morning to the sound of larks. She smiled to herself before she even opened her eyes. Larks on the morning of Imbolc meant that spring would soon come and winter would end quickly. She lay in bed for a few more moments, 
listening to the sweet song from outside the cottage. She finally roused herself after her mother placed a cool hand on her forehead and gently kissed her on the cheek. Today was a very important day for Brie. She was chosen by the village to represent the maiden during the Imbolc celebrations. Her sacred duty was to help bring back the sun and bring winter to a swift end. She rose out of bed and put on her dress of ceremonial white. Her mother, grandmother, and other women of the village had worked together to make the dress from pieces of linen and lace they saved from their own turns as the maiden. Brie felt the pride of generations of her kin watching over her as she put on the dress. It had long flowing sleeves and delicate lace in the patterns of spring flowers. When she had finished getting ready, she found her mother at the hearth tending to the fire. Bree did a spin so her mother could admire her. Bree's mother smiled warmly and stroked her daughter's cheek. She handed her a small doll made from straw and went to prepare sweet honey cakes for the village feast that evening. Bree looked down at the doll in her hands. She had woven it from the stalks of wheat and barley grown last year. After the last autumn harvest, Bree made this grain doll in preparation for the rituals to come. She took two small pieces of lace saved from the creation of her dress and put them on the doll. Like herself, it would be dressed as the maiden, a harbinger of the coming spring. As the year goes on, Bree will dress the doll as the mother, pregnant with the harvest that would sustain them for the next year, and as the crone, bringing the peaceful rest of winter once again. Bree's small grain doll would be a representation of the goddess in all her forms, forever turning the wheel of the year. At the end of the year, after the final harvest, Bree would put her doll into the sacred fire and make a new one 
for the following year. Bree placed her maiden doll on the mantelpiece above the hearth. She leaned it against the besom her mother made for her wedding to Bree's father. The old broom held a place of honor above the hearth, protecting the family and the house. On her parents' wedding day, it was decorated with bright flowers, which were now dried and preserved, like the joyful memory of that day. Bree took one last look at the hearth, enjoying the feeling of the warm fire on her skin. She grabbed a long black cloak and a small black-bottomed bowl and went out into the village. Despite the fact that it was the middle of winter, the land around the village was still the bright emerald green it always was. The rolling hills around her gave way to one particularly large hill, at whose feet was her own village. The cobbled lanes that led to each cottage were outlined with springy moss. Bree drew her black cloak around herself and pulled the hood low over her eyes. She practiced her most ancient-sounding voice a few times. Once she was satisfied with her performance, she hunched her back and wobbled down the path to the next cottage. This was the first of her in-bulk responsibilities. She dressed as the goddess in her crone form and went door to door begging for alms. Her friends, family, and neighbors opened their doors with joy, dropping a few coins into her bowl. The act of giving to the crone brought good luck to the household. Her performance as an old woman delighted the children and made them giggle. Their parents would remind the children to be respectful of their elders and compliment the crone on how lovely she looked this year. Bree went to her own grandmother's house, who opened the door and laughed, claiming that it was like looking in a mirror. Bree made her way to every house in the small village, and by the time she was finished, her bowl was nearly full to the brim. 
after the last house, she straightened up, glad to give her back a break. She took the bowl of coins down a small path between two cottages and out of the village. The path led to a small wood between her village and the large river that ran across the entire county. Bree followed the well-worn path and enjoyed the quiet calm of the woods. The village was always bursting with life, even in winter. In the woods, however, Bree could only hear the breeze, the birds, and her own breath. The air was fresh with the crisp smell of winter. Though it was cold outside, she was wrapped up warm in her great black cloak. She enjoyed taking deep breaths in and releasing a cloud of white mist with every exhale. At the end of the path, Bree came to a small stone well. The villagers used several other larger wells located around the area, but rarely drew water from this one. This well was special and sacred. Bree placed her bowl of coins on the lip of the well and looked down into the depths. The mid-morning sun that broke through the trees lit up only a few feet into its mouth. She knew it went down very far. If she listened carefully, she could hear the drip of water at its bottom. She took one coin from the bowl and held it between her fingers. She brought to mind an image of her neighbor, the blacksmith. He was smiling at her through a thin layer of soot that seemed to always cover him, no matter what the occasion. She thought about the wonderful things he did for the village, how he always used his immense strength to help anyone in need. She said his name and dropped the coin into the well. After a few seconds, she heard a satisfying plunk as the coin hit the surface of the water. With each coin in her bowl, she thought about each of her neighbors and friends. She focused on seeing them happy and healthy. She brought to mind all the things she appreciated about them. 
she said their names and dropped another coin into the well. By doing so, she was asking the goddess to keep each one safe for the rest of the winter. When she got to the last few coins, her thoughts turned to her own family. She thought about her grandmother, who was the wisest and funniest person she knew. She thought about her father, who worked hard for his family and told the best stories. She thought of her mother, who always had a knowing smile and a pocket full of sweets. She even thought of her three brothers, who were each as silly and boisterous as the last, but were never mean to their little sister. For each one, Bree dropped a coin into the well, certain that the end of winter would come soon. By the time Bree returned to her cottage, it was well past midday. Her mother greeted her with a warm honey cake. Bree sat by the hearth and enjoyed the treat. It was sticky and sweet. She closed her eyes and enjoyed the taste of the floral honey, which had been harvested from local hives last year. It brought back the sweet memories of springtime. She could almost smell the flowers in bloom and see the bright blue skies. She pretended that the warmth of the fire was the warmth of the sun. Bree finished her cake happily, licking each finger clean. She had one more duty to carry out before evening arrived. She kissed her mother, put on her cloak, and went out again. This time, Bree made her way to the river bank. She needed to find precious stones to be used in the ritual at sunset. She combed the banks of the river for the telltale shine of precious stones. She looked for creamy quartz, purple amethyst, shining opal, and dark hematite. Every year, women from further up the river would lay their stones on the riverbank after the rituals were completed. They put the stones under the moon 
to recharge and offer them back to the earth. The water would carry the stones downriver over the course of the year, providing new sacred stones to the next village along. Tonight, Bree would have to take the stones she found and place them under the moon as well. As she searched, Bree filled her hands with shining gemstones. When she had as many as she could carry, she hurried back to her cottage. She was frustrated with herself for forgetting a basket. At home, she placed them into a bowl of moon water that she'd left under the light of the previous full moon. She admired the way the stones shone under the water. They gleamed up at her, each one seeming to shine with an inner light. Her mother tapped her on the shoulder, and Bree looked out of the window. The sun was dipping low in the sky, and would soon set. Already, the crisp light of day was turning into the warm amber of dusk. Bree gathered her stones and went to the fireplace. She took a small handful of salt from a bowl on the mantle and tossed it into the fire as a blessing on the house. The salt popped and sparked in the fire, each piece creating a tiny orange sunburst for a second before disappearing. The log on the fire was large. Bree admired the way it gleamed in red-hot outlines in the hearth. It would burn slowly over the course of the evening, keeping their home warm and safe in the deep midwinter. Bree turned from the fire and followed her family out of the house. Outside, she truly appreciated the life-giving heat of the hearth. The winter air was cold, but peaceful. They were blessed with a clear sky this evening. The sun was still above the horizon, but wouldn't stay there for long. Bree followed the procession of her loved ones and fellow villagers up the hill. As they walked in respectful silence, she listened to the evening chorus of the birds. 
she wondered if they were calling in their children for the evening, wishing their neighbors good night, or merely offering a beautiful lullaby to the setting sun. As the procession worked their way up the hill, Bree took in the scenic valley around her. The last rays of the sun turned the vibrant green of the hills into a warm, earthy yellow. Everything was outlined in shades of red and orange. The sky was a vast canvas, and the most skilled painter had perfectly shaded the colors there, from bright white to a deep purple. Bree resisted the temptation to look over her shoulder and take in the view. She knew she mustn't until she reached the top of the hill, where the sight would be the most satisfying. The villagers made their way up the hill together. Those that were strong and lithe took the arms of the elderly, or picked up small children who tired quickly. They laughed and joked with one another. The excitement of the evening's celebration was like electricity in the air. Somewhere in the group, someone started singing a familiar song. Others hummed or whistled along, but mostly they enjoyed the strong, clear voice leading them up the hill. At the top of the hill were a few ancient cairns. The mounds of rocks were so old that soft moss covered their roofs. Some were still mostly intact, like mounds of piled rocks with small entrances. Others were open to the sky, having lost some of their structure in the past millennia. As the villagers arrived in the presence of their ancestors' architecture, they grew quiet and reverent. Bree knew that one cairn in particular, the largest and most intact, would be used again for the spring equinox celebration in six weeks. On that morning, the sun would rise at just the right position to illuminate the inside of the ancient structure and they would have a celebration of balance. Now, however, still in the depths of winter, the villagers 
needed not balance, but light. They gathered around another, smaller cairn. This one was open to the sky, and its carved stones created a perfect circle. The large stones that made up the circle were carved in elaborate designs. They were knots with no ends and no beginnings, symbolizing the constancy of life. Some stones had triple spirals to represent the goddess, and some had sunbursts to represent the sun god. They were carved by hand millennia ago by Bree's ancestors. Bree took a moment to run her fingers over the carvings and connect herself to the past. She took her gathered gemstones and placed them around the circle. As she did so, Bree took a moment to hold each one in her hand. She held them up to the light, admiring the way it played off the shiny black of the hematite, the soft purple of the amethyst, the cloudy white of the quartz, and the iridescent shine of the opal. She focused on what each stone would bring to her people over the rest of the winter and the coming year. She asked the amethyst to keep their connection to the ancestors strong. She requested the hematite to ground them in their home and the earth that provides them with sustenance. She implored the opal to protect them from the dangers of winter, and she prayed that the quartz would keep them all connected together. When she finished her circle of stones, her mother stepped forward with a crown. It was woven from springy, young oak saplings, and decorated with holly. It was adorned with eight small beeswax candles, which her mother lit while reciting the eight sacred days of the year. She finished with imbolc, and placed the crown of light on Bree's head. Bree asked for the protection of her ancestors and stepped into the sacred circle. The sun was just touching the horizon now, covering her with vibrant radiance. 
Bree asked the dying sun to return tomorrow, and each day after, stronger than the day before. She requested that it bring with it the warmth and life of spring, for it to end the cold darkness of winter. As the sun dipped below the horizon, she asked for its blessing for her people. The villagers held one another along the outside of the circle. They began to sing a song about light and spring, and the glory of the changing seasons. Their voices joined together, not in perfect melodiousness, but in perfect joy. Like their voices in song, their small community was always stronger and better together. Her duty done, Bree was finally able to take in the view from the top of the hill. The sun was gone, but the trail of light it left behind on the world made the landscapes even more dramatic and beautiful. The river flowed at the feet of the big hill and away towards the sea. Bree could see villages, farms, and larger towns in the distance, each with little dots of fire burning here and there to light the way back for the sun through the long night. Under the entire scene, there was the undeniable and constant green. It was the thing that Bree loved most about her home, the green. All the dozens of shades of the color that, even in this weak light, captured the eye and brought a deep sense of peace and a connection to nature. Bree turned her gaze away from the west and the little dots of civilization. She looked east to the large, untamed forest on the other side of the hill. The trees stood close to one another, creating a village of their own. She heard faintly, and below the singing of her neighbors, the howl of wolves in the distance. Imbolc was not only a celebration for the humans of the land, but also for the wolves 
for it was the start of their mating season. The villagers heard the howling as well, and broke off their song. They all listened to the mournful calls, knowing that they were songs of love to the wolf kind. Wolves mate for life, and were revered by the villagers, as being creatures sacred to family and companionship. As they listened, Bree noticed couples, young and old, hold one another a little closer. Before she left the sacred circle, Bree thanked her ancestors once again. She stepped immediately into the arms of her mother, whose face glistened with happy tears and pride. Her mother released her, so that their family, friends and neighbours could each have a turn congratulating Bree. Some people complimented her performance, and some of them foresaw a bright future for her. Bree's grandmother patted her cheek, and gave her a kind smile. Once they had each had their turn, Bree collected the gemstones from around the circle in the gathering dark. Then she led the procession back down the hill. They followed her glowing crown of light. Tonight they would eat together and drink sweet beverages flavoured with honey. They would hold each other close, and remind one another that winter is nearly over, and that spring is on its way. <laughs>